So we start our second episode of Walks today. Um, once again, the thinking behind Walks is that we go on walks with people from all walks of life. Today we have Adrián Martín as our, as our great um, guest who's actually calling from Spain. So dinner time over there and you'll probably be having something, something delicious after this. Um, yeah. Hi there. How's it going? Thanks for joining us. Hi. Uh, thanks for inviting me, man. So, uh, I'm excited for this. Um, but let me let me tell all of you a bit more of why I'm interviewing Adrian as my guest today. So we basically met in I think it was like what elementary school, middle school. Probably. Yeah, we go way back, like beginning of middle school, maybe. Yeah. So we 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 met a while back and. Uh, before he becomes a, a famous doctor, which is obviously what he's what he's doing right now, I must say that I did study with him. We shared beakers and hydrochloric can't even pronounce it hydrochloric <laughs> acid with him. So we do go way back and study together. So he um, went out to become a, a doctor, and that's kind of like what he's doing right now. So he's in his first year of uh, residency in Spain, um, country which unfortunately has as of now the most cases and deaths per capita uh from COVID-19 so my thinking yeah. was it's probably um an experience in itself becoming a doctor and then if you add to that so like doing it whilst COVID-19 is hitting your country um so ruthlessly it must be a pretty unique experience so I wanted to get Adrian on and, and basically just learn a bit more about um what's happening there <laughs> Let's start with like, when did this, when did you see this become like a serious deal? Like when did it really hit you and like the rest of almost like your medical team? When was this like a serious deal for you? Okay. So, well, in Spain, it all started around the 10th of February, more or less. Like 10th of February was the first time we got a patient that was diagnosed with COVID-19. Okay. in, In Spain. Uh, but it, this got out of hand after like the first week of March. So the 9th of March, especially in my area, uh, we got one like one case of COVID-19 on my patients. I had 40 patients by then. And yeah. in two days, we had to like literally get everybody, everybody out of the hospital. We, everyone that was not urgent or like essentially had to be in the hospital or, or he would die was uh, discharged. So in two days we were we passed from forty patients to five patients. That's just neurosurgery. But most of the most of the teams had to do the same. That was the day that everyone knew that shit was gonna was about to go down. You know? Yeah. Uh, like the problem with this virus is it just goes. It's it's transmitted through multiple ways, but the area like the air is the is is what we've seen most. Yeah. And the air is really difficult to control. So that was my hospital, but Madrid got out of hand since minute one because it's a highly like high density populated area. And the first case was a 24 Italian Erasmus student in a, in a club like that moment on forward. You have to assume COVID is everywhere, man. Like you just have to assume it. Yeah. But- yeah. So with a, so you have this patient come in and then so you're obviously in a neurosurgery, which, which is your specialty. Was it yeah. um like was it the same for like other specialties? Like did they have to discharge everyone except like the most essential yeah. needs? 
yeah, basically, in in like in the time span of a week, we went from like doing normal life to being a hospital purely used for the treatment of COVID nineteen patients. So, like two weeks back, because right now we're like we're better. Two weeks back, we had like maybe six hundred people yeah. with COVID nineteen just inside our hospital. Plus two, another 200 waiting to get inside. Like it took like two, three days of you waiting on the urgency area, area because there were no beds available. There were no ICU beds available and everyone was just working their ass off to get like, to get this going. Yeah. And, and how like, so it, it like first cases come through, you like discharge everyone that's not essential. Like yeah. wh- what does it look like in terms of like the medical team? Like does the lead like surgeon or like someone in the hospital, like group everyone up and say like, Hey, things are going to go down. Or is it like very disorganized? Like from the start, like what happens after yeah. like at the start? So, okay. Yeah. Now, now we're organized, but at the start it was mayhem, mayhem. Like yeah. everyone just went on uh, uh, every team, like every department and every separate team decided for themselves what to do because the higher ups would were, were not taking any like they were not taking any risks or they were they weren't saying anything yeah. so everyone just went went ahead and did what they thought was best so we in the time span of 2 days discharged like 35 patients and like a couple of weeks later we got like from the higher ups oh you need to do this and you need to do that it took like 2 weeks to get yeah. organized to start getting organized so that's that's great and do you think that's because like they didn't know what they wanted to do is that just like bureaucracy or like what do you think it took so long yeah i think that i think that was it actually like they didn't know what they wanted to do because uh once you get to higher up level of like hospitals government stuff it's not about it's not about you're doing things right it's about you're doing things for like you're you have different goals you know and they yeah. didn't know what to do to achieve those goals and so everyone had to take the hands into their own matter and we like we try to do our best that's what we did currently we're going like real good now because hospitals are really more organized they're not as collapsed as they were before actually yeah. we're returning to normal life in okay. next week so not normal life as in quarantine has ended but hospitals are working normally after next week Okay, um, that's big. So that's a good sign. It's a really good yeah. sign. That's also, yeah, beforehand you've said, which is totally true, Spain currently has the highest infected people and in death per capita, which is yeah. true. But you actually have to take into account the fact that Spain is like a couple of weeks ahead of everyone, except for Italy. That's true. Okay, yeah. So uh, my, my experience says that like in, in the couple past weeks, another 10K people have died. So if you extrapolate that to the rest of the countries, they are two weeks behind. They're gonna see like the true face of this virus on the coming days, probably. And they're gonna yeah. be swamped, swamped, currently swamped. Yeah, and I mean that's kind of I'm uh, based here in in New Jersey right now, but live in New York, and yet oh, the, the the number of new people going to the hospital has uh, declined, which is good, but yet yeah, still um, kind of experiencing probably like the the worst. Um, but Going back to going back to you and kind of like your experience as a doctor. Yeah. So we've you told me a bit more about how the the team reacts, how like the institution of the hospital reacts. But like, what were you thinking? Like this, they tell you that you need to discharge everyone except people that are essential. Like, what are the feelings and thoughts that are like running across your mind? Well, a couple of feelings there. Like, first one was like, okay, I'm on, I'm totally on board with this because yeah. I thought that was the best thing to do at the moment, and that's what I did. So I just put up my hands 
uh, to work and I just did what I had to do, started discharging people, worked my ass off for a couple of days doing that. But on the other hand, I was thinking like, okay, this shows that maybe not not so many people need to be in the hospital. You know, like uh, there's, yeah. So this thing is showing us a couple of things that we thought were true and maybe they're not as true as they are, you know? So we need to learn from this experience. That's all I'm going to say because I know I can't say much more. I'm not on the, I don't, I don't, I don't see, like I'm not as high to see the bigger picture right now. Yeah. But yeah, no. So my first guess was, yeah, I, I, I feel I'm doing good because we need to literally get everyone out of here so they don't get infected and they don't die. And we need to make space for the people that need space to like get treated and get better. So I, I thought we were doing good right then. And I still do think we did good. Yeah. That, those were my feelings back then. And they still are, I guess. And, and did, uh, was everyone else like, um, like as sort of like efficient almost as you? Or was everyone like, yeah, cool, let's do it? Or did you have any like colleagues who like, no. panicked or just had like a tougher time getting their head around it? <laughs> well, inside my own department, like the neurosurgical staff in La Princesa, they did yeah. like, like everyone, like I'm the, I'm the lower, like I'm the lower guy on the whole team, you know? I'm, I'm like the- Like the, the intern head, basically you know? or the, the yeah, I'm the, guy? Yeah, I'm the first year resident. Like there's no one below me on my team, okay? That's fair. So you need to take that into account. But I, I think everyone worked perfectly. Uh, we just got a new boss appointed like the day before this started. This was, this was actually like <laughs> well, so crazy. So we were wait, waiting for a new boss since like December. And it got appointed on January. And he didn't incorporate it because of this time bureaucracy until March. And he incorporated okay. in Spain the 9th of March when the alarm state was called off. So this guy just comes in looking to do some great neurosurgery, looking to do some great jobs and like work with everyone. And he gets dumped with all this on the first day. And he's like, and he did the best he could do because I know this is a tough decision to make and it's a tough spot to be on right now. Yeah. But I guess my, my whole team worked great, like way better than me, actually. Like I'm, I'm just – I'm not so used to it. So they're way more experienced. So I can see – well, there, there's always a couple that do whatever they want to do, okay? I'm not going to go for everyone. But most yeah. of them did great. And we That's, actually worked our asses off to get this going. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, talking about that, uh, the new boss that started, like, that must be, like, a, a hell of an experience. Like, starting a job is already tough. Like, you throw in COVID-19 as your first yeah. assignment like that. Yeah. That's, uh, that's uh, he will probably remember that and everyone around him. But, um. Oh, he is, he is. I'm sure he is. That's, um. <laughs> That's, that's, that's very interesting. Um, so you, so they, they, you have a new boss come in and he is able to handle it well, which is pretty, pretty incredible. Um, yeah. everyone's reacting well, which I think has been seen across pretty much like every country that's, um, been affected by COVID-19. I feel like the, the frontline staff and just like anyone in healthcare has been like just leading with, with bravery. So, um, yeah. that's awesome to hear kind of like more of the specific experience. Um, so tell me a bit more about like, what happens after that? They discharge a few patients. You actually start focusing only on um, COVID-19. kind of COVID-19. How are the first few days of like just the mass inflow of like people? Like what's happening? What's okay. like, what are you seeing? So basically when the first influx of people came in, uh, yeah. remember I told you for the first couple of weeks, uh, higher ups didn't actually do much. So there was no organization at all. 
So yeah. most of us surgical staff, uh, we got every surgery suspended except for urgent ones uh, and like cancer and stuff. And we actually discharged so many people. There was no work to do on our area. So we were expecting higher ups to tell us, okay, you're going to be re reassigned. You're going to go to this team and this team so you can be a backup or you can do this and that. Well, that was not done at the beginning with us. The uh, the rest of the the rest of the teams they re rearranged themselves. So internal medicine, which has to be seen as like this general doctor that was, works on the hospital, probably the doctors that know most about medicine in any hospital actually in Spain. Yeah. They they took they took care of everything. So they went like, okay, we're gonna get we're gonna take care of COVID nineteen. We just need hands. We just need people. So people would just uh, go with them. They would form teams of three, and they would have. Each ha each team have like ten nine patients to to see at every day, and yeah. uh, actually go through them, get get them better, uh, read on the treatments that are, that were given being given out that time of the day, that time of the month, and just like get everything going. So the first influx on the hospital was like that. It was a lot of work, a lot of people. Uh, we didn't have any materials then. Also, like now we're better, but beforehand we had no masks, we had no we had no goggles. We had nothing, like nothing. We were going. To so what do you use? So like, what did you like? Because I, I know that's something that I've seen across the board as well. And like, that's one of the scariest things that you see on the news, like nurses and doctors just like not having enough. Yeah. So like protection. Um, like, what did you do at the start if you had nothing? What did we do? We just assumed like we just had to go through with it. Like we had nothing to do with it. We couldn't actually find a proper solution ourselves because we were like, that was not our job at the moment. Like the, our job was yeah. to treat patients. The job of providing us material stuff was part of the government, part of the like Madrid, Spain, then part of the higher ups in the hospital. And we just had to treat patients. So at the moment we actually thought, okay, we have no, no, we have no manner of safety. Like we cannot protect ourselves, but we know this virus mostly kills people over the age of 70, 80 years old. So we're not gonna we're not gonna die of it. Uh, so we can go through with this. We tried to take all the precautions we could make. So we had some masks, but they were like surgical masks, which are not like the most ideal thing to use. Yeah. We tried to use um, gowns, like surgical gowns as well, because they were not being used on surgery, but they were not enough going around. So we had to use them at very precise moments. We had to like, maneuver the materials we had on a really efficient way, which was not being done as well. Did you, but we tried to do did, it, yeah. Did you have to, did you ever have a situation where you were like attending a patient that had a COVID-19 like without a mask or basically with like very little at all? Well, yeah, like I've seen, I've seen a lot of people and mostly on the urgency, like the, the entrance to the hospital, most of them were, yeah. were fucked from the beginning. Sorry for the word, but they were fucked from the beginning. So they were the yeah. ones that were seeing people that didn't know if they had COVID-19. So some guy yeah. came into the hospital like, I'm feeling, I'm feeling bad. I have this cough. Uh, I have this fever. I don't know if I had COVID-19 and that, that, this. And there were like 200, 300 people coming every day just for that. And there was the doctors down there that were looking at these patients and they didn't have the proper materials to protect themselves. So that was mostly it uh, on the on the rest of the hospital where when they were already on the bed, um, it was a little more bit more organized. So 
only one pre one person would go in to see every patient. Yeah. And the rest of us would stay outside, just like having to talk to them, driving notes, uh, writing things up, and just doing that. But I've I've had it. That was like the general experience. My personal experience also. I had a couple of patients that I had to see without anything because there was nothing else to do, uh, like nothing else I could do. Uh, I remember this particular patient that really, really got really, really ill, uh, actually went yeah. to talk. And uh, me and my R4, like my, my fourth year residency, had to go in there and treat her because she was going to die, man. She was going to die right there. And then uh, we actually got her going after also internalists and came by and helped us out a lot. And after we got her going, I had to take some like um, uh, CS, CSC, I, how do you call this in English? CS. Uh, what is it? Liquido Stefano Rakidio. LCR. Yeah, yeah, I have no yes, idea. Yes. Some, some, yeah, some some medical. Like, so, so the liquid that envelops the brain. I had to like okay. get a couple of uh, a couple of like drops out of it so we could test it because we thought maybe yeah. one of the causes of the socks was coming from there. And I remember going in there with mostly uh, some mask and a goggles and not anything yeah. else. And after going out, just like grabbing alcohol and covering my face so I wouldn't get anything else and just cleaning up every like my hands my arms and stuff yeah that's, that's crazy so you <laughs> yeah. that's crazy so basically because in that in the case of that patient like if you wouldn't have like gone in because you didn't have the right material then she would have probably just like yeah she would have died gone away yeah, yeah. that's that's good to know that's she's, uh she's doing well right now she's still in the hospital but she's like she's there she's fine now that's... She's getting really better. Um, yeah. <laughs> was 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 that the? Would you say that was like the the craziest thing that you that you saw in terms of like all this like, in terms of like COVID nineteen so far and like what you've seen, that experience? No, 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 no. I wouldn't say that. No. What, like that was what's, just what's the craziest thing that you that you saw that you can that you can disclose. More like yeah, more like seeing as in I saw this or I did that. I'd say like yeah. the whole situation at hand, like. The main problem with COVID-19 is not the mortality rate, but the ICU rate, okay? So yeah. 11%, 12% of people that get COVID-19 or they get diagnosed with it because we now know these numbers. They're flying around like, oh, there's 120,000 people uh, infected in Spain. There's uh, whatever thousand people infected in the USA. That's just the number of people that are confirmed cases. We don't know the actual yeah, true exactly. numbers. Okay, so on, on the confirmed cases, we can say 10 to 12 percent of people get have to get to the ICU. Okay, so when someone gets into the ICU, they need to get ventilated. They put a, like a tube down their throat so they can like uh, ventilate themselves, that, so they don't have to breathe themselves. But a machine does it for them. So that's the first yeah. thing you have to take into account. There's not enough machines going on around. First thing. Second thing, ICU. There's not a lot of beds of ICU on the hospitals. Mostly there's around 20, 22. On my hospital, there's like 22 beds of ICU, okay? So right yeah. now they're managing around 50 people. So they've doubled all, all the beds. They've made extra space for ICU. They've closed down surgery, like surgery space, and put ICU patients there. That's how they've reorganized. Yeah. And they're doing that all around the world because they need to. The problem with this virus is it collapses the system. It's never, it has never been the mortality rate. The, the problem is it collapses the system because if it's not collapsed, people just die on the streets. That's, that's it, basically. Yeah. The mortality rate is not as high as it should be because we have the means to fight it, but the means to fight it get collapsed. And that was the problem all along. Like no 
I, I can say and I can confirm that no healthcare system in the world in the world can take this much pay, people and work like function normally. It, it cannot be done. It's yeah, because like yeah, one of the things that I've uh, that I've heard is that yeah, it also apart from like the big impact that it can have in the body, as you're saying, like making it so like collapse, it also seems to happen like from zero to a hundred in no time, right? It's like very sudden. It's not that sudden actually. Like uh, natural way, like the virus, the once it gets into your body, okay. It yeah. takes around five to seven days to get the mild symptoms going. So mild symptoms known to you people are the cough and the fever, mostly. Okay. After the, these mild systems occur, uh, the next phase, if you go through it, is the pneumonia, bilateral pneumonia. So it affects both your lungs. Uh, that takes yeah. another week to happen. Okay. So people that go bad, they take a couple of weeks to go bad. So, so a couple of weeks, couple of I weeks. thought it was like two, two weeks, two weeks max. Right? No, no, that's two weeks. It can be more than that. It can be a bit more than that. Yeah. So people are getting into a hospital when they're like really, really bad and they need to get in. They, they need to get like uh, a bed in the hospital. They take about yeah. 10 to 14 days to get it. That's the numbers we're managing uh, to be like, to be honest, I, I'm not so, yeah. so I know, but I've heard from people. I've talked to people. I read stuff. And that's their numbers we're managing. And after that, Interesting. you get to the ICU. That's an extra two weeks. Yeah. An extra two weeks in the ICU. Yeah. Interesting. So, so you're saying it takes 10 to 14 days for them to get to the hospital or for them to start noticing it? No. It takes 10 to, 10 to 14 days to show symptoms uh, hard enough for people to go to the hospital right now. Because okay. people are being told, don't go to the hospital unless you're feeling your fever is so high, you cannot take it, and you cannot take it that with such and such medication, or you're yeah. having shortness of breath, and stuff like that. So people with mild symptoms, they're not going to the hospital, because they just call up a number that was collapsed at the beginning, and now it's not so collapsed. They just call up a number and go like, yeah, I have this and that, and they tell them, okay, stay at home, quarantine yourself. If this happens or this happens, go to the urgency room. So people that actually get to the emergency room are like 10, 14 days with symptoms, with mild symptoms that end up being like uh, worse right now. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah, no, that's, uh, that's pretty crazy. I mean, I'm saying interesting because that's my natural yeah. response. But yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty, pretty crazy. Not like a positive interesting, but a crazy interesting. Um, but one of the, so I guess like take a step back is one of the okay. things that you said before was really interesting. Um, which was that it's kind of like made you think or like almost like question or rediscover new things about kind of like medicine, like almost like you were saying, how many people do we actually need to have in a hospital? And I know that I've also like <laughs> thought uh, more high level and like not in a medical uh, space, but even like professionally, like with me, it's more like how many meetings do you need to actually have face to face, right? Yeah. Because now we do everything through Zoom. So curious to know a bit more about how, this experience so far has almost like changed your views about medicine as a whole or like healthcare or just like what has it made you think about okay guys so put your tinfoil hats on right now <laughs> let's go let's go let's make take some notes yeah no so when i started studying medicine i didn't i had no idea what this world was like uh after i finished my college like i got my college degree and started working like i started to see things differently i, I before all this started like i already saw 
some sketchy stuff going on. Some really, really sketchy stuff. Medicine right now, uh, 21st century medicine is based on statistic and statistic, as we can see as of today, can be easily manipulated. Okay. Uh, yeah. This has like this thing with COVID-19 has just confirmed it for real. So real medicine, I think, is dying uh, a bit like uh, the medicine that was done beforehand is is completely different to the medicine that is done right now. There's a lot. This medicine uh, can be seen as uh, like money driven medicine right now where money is just thrown into the places where you can get more money from. So we're not really finding uh, new ideas or new like there's always there's always some scientist or some medic that can find something so good or something nice and and something cheap that can work a lot and it can do a lot of good for people but mostly yeah. mo mostly that's not the case and covid-19 has just shown you that there's a lot of people that sh don't need to be in the hospital like it's just a kind of excuse for people to work like you, there's need, there needs to be an excuse for why there's so many medics on a hospital working because if you had like 20 patients on it, there's no excuse for like 100, 100 medics working, you know? That's kind of what I think and kind of what's being shown. I, I, I don't know if it's true also, but- I see, I, so you're saying like it's not, cause like, so you're saying basically like all the people that were not hyper essential to I guess like have there that you were able to discharge yeah. that they actually maybe could have recovered more easily from home or they could have like been home and so exactly fine. so this makes you think like how much stuff are we doing that doesn't need actually to be done so much like how many surgeries how many treatments are we giving out that don't need to be given or done at all because that yeah. person is going to go bad if it's like that person was going to go bad either way or that person was going to go good either way like how much are we overdoing it on both sides of the scale you know that's what makes me think this thing should like teach us a bit and not just in the medical field like what you said you know, people are doing their you don't need face to face or you don't need to go to work for an office from nine to five you can do this from home it's been proven yeah and some meetings they can be emails i mean <laughs> there's this yeah many, yeah no, that like we're gonna now know how many meetings could have been emails and stuff like that like, that was pretty funny when I, when I first read it so yeah yeah, there's there's some interesting there's some interesting memes out there, but yeah, no, I, 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 I agree. I mean, I must admit that I, I personally was not a huge work from home fan, just because I normally struggle to work from home. I just like struggle to like concentrate. But I must say that this experience, just kind of like forcing me to do it, has made me think like, wow, there's you can actually yeah. have effective meetings from home. You can actually connect with people through video chats although i wouldn't want to do it like all the time every time i do think that it has made me kind of question like oh well the way we almost like some of the truths of life of like you need to be face to face all the time to interact with people or like other things it's definitely made me question that which yeah. it's 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 interesting to see that that also i never thought that that would apply also to the more so like medical space of you thinking about do we actually need to do all these treatments or do we actually need to have all these people in the hospital at any point in time, which probably costs a lot yeah, of money. Yeah, it does cost a lot of money. So that's that's an idea to like just let float around, you know? To work yeah. from home, you actually need discipline. That's that's something you need. But I, I think discipline can, can be taught the moment your boss goes and says, hey, if you don't get your work done, you're going to get fired, man. Like, <laughs> that's your... That's, that's a that's lot of discipline right there. Yeah, <laughs>
that's a, that's that's a lot of discipline. That's uh no, that's uh that's an interesting point. I appreciate you sharing that. Um, so in terms of kind of like where um you I guess like becoming a doctor, do you feel this experience has like made you happier that you became a doctor? Has it made you almost like question like, wow, I did not expect this to be as crazy. <laughs> Maybe I didn't want to become a doctor. Like what? What way have you gone? No, nah, I'm that? happy. I'm happy with becoming a doctor. I think I'm doing, I'm good all the good I can. And like inside my field and inside my experience. And I wouldn't change, I wouldn't yeah. change this work for anything on the world right now. Like not for a thing. I know this, I'm, I'm okay. I, I'm, I'm a bit bored right now because I'm not doing any surgery. And I, 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 I like, I love doing surgery. So I like, I'm, I'm just looking at days pass by and pass by without any surgeries and just a bit bored doing some other stuff, but I'm trying to learn stuff that I, I would have never imagined I would need to learn or I would want to learn and I'm enjoying it as well. So like, I love my job, man. I, I'm just going to say this. And I've always, I've always had this thing in mind where I, I think the best, the best way to enjoy life, especially your job is just to become, so you're like to make your hobby, your job, you know? And I, I think I've, I've, I've yeah. I, 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 sorry. I think I've done that correctly and I'm really happy for what I'm trying to do. And I'm really happy. Like, I'm not happy this is happening right now, but I, I, I think this hasn't changed my, my perspective and what I wanted to do, or it hasn't me question. It hasn't make me question anything about it. Maybe some people have, yeah, but that, I haven't. That's for sure. That's uh, that's good to hear. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you've invested <laughs> blood, sweat and tears already into the, into your careers uh, as a doctor and, uh, speaking of uh, discipline coming from the from the boss, you can tell that your boss will be listening to this. I can I can see you all the all the nice. Oh God, he's said. gonna kill me, man! No, <laughs> <laughs> no, that um, that's uh, that that's that's cool. And um, tell us a bit more. I know you were mentioning yep. before. I guess like to before we wrap okay. up. Um, I think it's um, I mean for for us people as you as you called us it's it's kind of easy to look at the news and I mean if yeah. you look at the news if I personally look at the news and read the newspaper and just like get an influx of media 5 minutes in I'll already be pretty depressed because there's like so much so much like stuff yeah, yeah. happening so I know you mentioned that in Spain it seems that next week we're already going to be heading to a more so like normal state so tell us a bit more about about kind of like oh, really? the hope that you see there. So I'm seeing like I can say Spain is getting better, way better right now. I can say that's for I can say this from the inside because I like the hospitals. You have to think that's the hospitals that as the play this bat this the place this battle is being fought. So if you see the place this battle is being fought is getting better. You know this thing is getting better. So quarantine, not yeah. going out is working. That's for sure. That that was for sure from the very start. Okay, but now there's this long long way to go. Because we need to understand, there's this, the day quarantine is lift up, left up, or lift up. I, I remember how this, like my English has gotten way worse since I started studying medicine. <laughs> that, that's what that's what you've been thinking about the most. Not yeah. COVID-19. that's what you've been thinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. So the moment the quarantine is lift up, we don't. Normal life is not going to come back the next day. You know, like. Arts are not going to reopen. Yeah. Clubs are not going to reopen. A lot of spaces are not going to be open. Like you can look at Italy right now. Italy has lifted up a bit the quarantine, and first things they've opened, mostly libraries, uh, supermarkets, not bars, not clubs, not cinemas, like entertainment business. Right now, that's going to take a while. 
to like recover. Yeah. And we need to get like our heads straight with this. This 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 battle does not end the day the quarantine ends. Okay. This can come back. We don't know anything about the virus. Like we know it works on the lungs, and we don't actually know it works on the lungs because right now they're seeing a lot of new data. They're they're we're seeing there's a lot of damage on arteries. There's a lot of damage on the brain. Uh, yeah. There's a whole lot of thing about this virus that people don't know because medics also don't know because it's not being investigated as much, but it should and it probably is, but not not a lot of data is being moved around. But we need to like we need yeah. to get our heads like we need to to get this into our heads like this will not end the day quarantine ends. Okay, this this is gonna be a long battle. We don't know when when it will end, but it has to end. That's for sure. Okay, and Spain is getting there. Spain is slowly getting there. And I can tell you to the people in New York where you're at right now that you'll get there. Oh, yeah. Don't lose hope. Okay, guys, uh, don't lose hope on this. That's Adrian Martin, 2020 words of wisdom. Uh, we'll have to get those words uh, printed on a T-shirt, <laughs> at least one. Send it across New York. Um, that's uh, no, that, that that makes sense. Yeah, I think like it's definitely easy to think that there's no light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, we've been. I think I've been in quarantine for maybe like a month, month and a bit. But honestly, I do lose track. It just seems like one big yeah. day. Um, but uh, it's 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 exciting to hear that you said that in Spain the the hospitals are gonna start taking almost like normal patients or non-essential patients. Like no, next week? That, we've already started actually. Next next week uh, is like well, other decisions are gonna be made. And probably more patients are going to be gotten it because we're cleaning up the hospital. So okay. the hospital at the beginning was like this whole place where COVID-19 was in every little spot of the hospital. So they're just cleaning space of the hospital so people can get in without the risk of getting infected. And we're at that point right now that makes because sense. there's space now. So that's a good, like, it's a good sign. It's a good sign. Yeah. Awesome. Well, no, that's uh, that's uh, it's it's been awesome just hearing um, kind of like the what it's been like from the inside because as you said, it's it's probably a very different experience. But we, us, the people, as you said, appreciate the bravery and and thanks for all the information. And it's good to hear that things are already improving yeah. in Spain and as you said, New York and other countries should be there soon. So, um, thanks for thanks joining. Thanks for having me, man. Thanks for having me here. Like. Was nice seeing you, like, well, seeing you, talking to you again for a couple. Of, like, we haven't talked in so much time, man. We've been busy. We've been it really must busy. be said. It yeah. must be said. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll have to reconnect outside yeah. of the podcast. <laughs>